With all that being said, I do want to invite up Pastor Charles, our lead pastor, so help me welcoming Charles as he comes. Thank you, Mike. Great worship as usual. Really appreciate the worship team. Can we give him a round of applause? Just thank you. Just wonderful to experience God through worship. So my name is Charles. As Mike introduced me, welcome to the river. Many of you have heard I caught COVID two weeks ago, almost two weeks ago. And it really kicked my butt, right? So... I started testing negative three days ago, so I'm all safe. I'm not shedding virus. But, uh, you know, my energy level is still not 100%. You know, it just takes a little time to, like, get my throat is a little bit scratchy from, like, all the damage. It's all healing now. But So I'm doing much better. But, ah, you know, don't get COVID. (laughs) Not fun. You know, I'm still wearing masks. You know, it's good to be protected. But anyway, it's good to see you, glad to be here, healthy, and um, it's really good to be at church, you know, to be with people, see smiling faces, warms your heart. Well, today we mark the start of the Lenten season. How many of you heard of Lent? It's a very big thing in Christian faith, isn't it? You may have seen some people walking around with ash on their foreheads. You know, the first time I saw that, I thought, is that like a fashion thing going on? What, what are people doing? You know, and then I realized, yeah, it's Ash Wednesday. It's a mark of the, the period in Christian calendar, six weeks leading up to Easter, where we try to fast and pray and walk humbly before God. Uh, that's what Ash symbolizes. Uh, thinking of our worldly existence, uh, trying to humble ourselves, uh, to prepare our hearts for Easter. At our church, we use this time to uh, especially try to push into prayer, connecting with God, growing in spirituality, growing in faith, growing in maturity, uh, try to experience God in some remarkable ways. We call this 40 days of faith. Uh, Most of you have experienced this in past years. We do a lot of things around it, like we give daily devotionals. We have some special events planned, which I will explain later. And every year there's a theme. And this year's theme is anxieties of modern life, right? Like we are hoping to grow and our ability to deal with anxieties. How many of you have? Yes, like we all have. We all have worries and anxieties. It's like a fixture of modern life, right? We all have to deal with it. Even people you wouldn't imagine have any worries. People you think they must have nothing to worry about. People on very top, they can really suffer from anxiety. Ryan Reynolds said, One of the reasons I overschedule myself is my lifelong pal, anxiety. I know I'm not alone. And more importantly, to all those like me who overschedule, overthink, overwork, overworry, and over everything, please know you are not alone. That's a good message, to know you are not alone. 
And I like Ryan Reynolds. You know, he's, he's good, right? Deadpool, you know, good actor. He's really funny. I like funny people. And uh, he's good looking. People think he's good looking. That's a, that's a plus. And uh, he seems to have good character. I, I don't hear like nasty, I don't see nasty articles like, you know, you see about people on top. Uh, he seems to have good family. He even owns a soccer club in England, right? So you might, it's easy to think. What does a guy like that have to worry about? Right? What could he possibly, how, I, I, right? Well, what could be money? He's got, he's like a billionaire. Work, he's got all the work that he wants. He's got a beautiful wife, great kids. He's got fun stuff to do like owning a soccer club. I mean, he can put up some good vacation pictures, right? He doesn't have anything to worry about and yet he says he over worries, overworks, over schedules, over everything. I mean, if he's anxious, who has it good enough in this world <laughs> that you could be free of anxiety, right? I mean, you might be tempted to think, if only I had this much money, I wouldn't have to worry. If only I had this, this great house, or if only I got promoted to this position, I wouldn't have to worry. Well, I'm sorry, here's bad news for you. You can get to the very, very top of everything you could ever want, and anxiety will be still your lifelong pal. You will still suffer. And that's a, that's a that's sobering thought. And that's something we need to really remember. That solution to your anxiety is not going to be just having more success. That that's not going to solve your sleepless nights or whatever you might have to worry about. Because anxiety is like waves of the ocean. You know, one problem passes, you know, you, you're so focused on one problem right in front of you. And you think if that gets solved, I'll be all right. Well, there's the next wave that comes as soon as that's over. You know what I'm saying? It's just with us. So this is where faith and spirituality can make a true difference in your quality of life. If success is not the solution, then inner work, spirituality, faith, that can really help you. Now, I'm going to um, differentiate between types of worry and anxiety that are not easily addressed through just working on your uh, mental and spiritual health, you know, such as if you have like life-threatening illness, if you have medical issue with anxiety, chemical imbalance in your body that causes anxiety, those things require medical professional help. You might need, you know, real good prescription. 
you, you will have to see some doctors who can really help with that. Those kinds of things we'll address at another time. What I want to focus on this Lenten season is anxieties of modern life that people like Ryan Reynolds struggle with. <laughs> like things that are like tigers in your own mind, uh, fears of falling behind, fears of not being good enough, voices in your head that's been put in there through your parents or the culture that makes you feel small and insignificant and worried about not living up to standards in your mind about how you need to be, worrying about such things. Those kinds of anxieties, faith and spirituality can really be a powerful, powerful help and solution. Um, and that's really important because this kind of anxiety can really hurt you, not only emotionally and spiritually, but even physically, literally, it can shorten your lives. Because our bodies, you know, our bodies are designed to deal with anxiety or worry because it evolved in a time when tigers were eating us, right? You're running around, and every night, every day, you have to worry about some predator, you know, chomping on you, right? So our bodies are designed to produce these stress hormones, adrenaline, stuff like that that can just give you enormous amount of energy all of a sudden. Like if tiger's coming at you, you need to run away really fast. And so everything just floods your system so you can just go, right? But that very system developed in prehistoric times hurts us now. Because, you know, we don't have to worry about tigers eating us today. You know, but we have tigers that we make up in our own minds. Right? Worries about falling behind. Stuff like that is always hanging over us. That's not just a momentary threat. It's something that threatens you or it feels like it threatens you every day, every hour. Right? And so when you're under that, the body keeps producing stress hormones, adrenaline, and it just floods your system, overproduced all the time. And when those stress hormones, you know, they, they do give you that spurt of energy, but it does hurt you. It destroys cells. It destroys your systems. It's a short-term survival strategy that long-term, if it just keeps going, it'll literally destroy your body, right? So this is not good. <laughs> you know, the, the system we got going, this anxiety, it's something we need to take seriously, you know, rather than just, oh, yeah, you know, if I worry all the time, it'll help me perform a little better. And so let's just keep worrying. That's not a good strategy, guys. It hurts you. It'll even hurt your performance. So this is something we need to address. Um, <clears throat> and the gospel can really help with such anxieties.
But before we get to that, let me acknowledge that church has often been a source of anxiety rather than any solution. Let's just acknowledge that, right? Because, you know, you've heard of phrases like Sunday best. I'm wearing my Sunday best. What does that mean? That means like when you go to church, you have to be in tip-top shape, right? You have to like look a certain way. You have to pretend to behave a certain way. You have to be the right type of person, righteousness, godly. You have to put on some masks because churches often focus on sin and what's wrong with you and how you need to get better, how God is angry at you, how like you need to shape up or you're going to hell. I mean, that can produce a lot of anxiety, right? And you have to look a certain way. You have to be a certain way. You have to look like you fit in, this pressure to conform. Church has often been a tremendous source of anxiety because you have to fit in. But you know inside you are not this perfect godly person that church requires you to be. And so that discrepancy, you know, you don't want to be found out. You, you need to, like, really be on tiptoes. That kind of thing is not what this church is about. And I believe with all my heart, that's not what gospel is about. Because that creates so much pressure. And God is love. God is agape, unconditional love. And love and pressure don't go together. Pressure can generate good behavior, but pressure will not get you love. Can we agree on that? You know, if, you, if someone pressures you, love is not really what gets produced. And above all, God is love. So, that kind of pressure and hierarchy that gets created because people who look, you know, a certain way gets to be on top, that's not good. That's really bad. Because that's what human beings do. We create hierarchy out of the right way of being, whatever that might be. You know, being successful enough or being good-looking or thin enough or uh, being white or dark-skinned, being successful, being godly, whatever. We use these measures to create hierarchies. Who's up, who's down, who's in, who's out. A lot of stress and anxiety comes from that. And that's not what the gospel is about because the gospel declares None of those things matter. Not in the eternal sense. Not even being righteous and godly. For it is not by works we are saved, but by faith alone. Right? All those things are temporal things. It's all about Christ and the cross. What the gospel declares, God is agape. Agape is unconditional love. We talk about agape a lot in this church because it's such a central concept in the Bible. It's unconditional love. God does not put pressure on you. 
God is not into that. Because God is love, and what God wants to produce is love. The Bible tells us whoever lives in agape lives in God and God in them. Whoever, Christian, non-Christian, godly, non-godly, whoever lives in agape lives in God and God in them. That's, agape is what decides what's godly and what's not godly. And this is how agape is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world, we are as Jesus is. There is no fear in agape. Agape drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment, falling behind, not meeting up the standards, not, not being good enough. That's what fear has to do with. The one who fears is not made perfect in agape. We agape because God first agape us. What a powerful passage, right? It talks about what fear is. And it talks about how there is no fear in agape. There is no fear in agape. And agape is everything in faith. Now, why is there no fear or no anxiety in agape? Because agape makes everything flat. There's no more falling behind because there's no behind and there's no ahead. Because all the highs and lows, the hierarchy we have, they don't exist in Christ. There is no up, down, man, woman, free, slave, believer, non-believer in Christ Jesus, the Bible tells us. There is no up or down. Because the gospel declares you are all worth the life of God incarnate. This is the central message of the cross. That God saw you as so precious and lovable and worthy and beautiful as you are that God said you are worth the life of God incarnate. The cross and the death of Christ on the cross, that's the message. You are worth the life of God incarnate. That's incredible. And that flattens everyone. If we are all equivalent in worth to life of God incarnate, then there is no, I mean, just because you're a little better looking doesn't mean you are more worthy, right? It doesn't work like that. It's like a drop in the ocean. That's what it means. In this world, we are as Jesus is. Just sit with that. You are as Jesus is. When God sees you, God sees the worth of Jesus. You are as Jesus is in this world. Wow, what a powerful, powerful message. You are as Jesus is. When God sees you and your worth, God sees the worth of Jesus in you. That's incredible. That flattens worse. That flattens us all. So being rich, being good enough, all these things we worry about, you know, they're all good things. If you have more money, if you have a great job, you know, that can make life more fun. So I wish more of that for you, as much as you can handle. May you get as rich as you can. May you have the best work you can have. And I, I will talk about this more specifically during this series. I'm going to talk about money. 
I know a thing or two about money um, and work. We'll talk about that, how that can generate anxiety and how to deal with those things. But just know that all these things we are worried about, these are all temporary things, temporal things. You can only make life a little more convenient during this time. But you can't eat more than three times a day anyway. You know? It's not like you can live to 10,000 years by having a little more money. These are short-term things. And in eternal, uh, in the eternal sense, in, in the sense of what really matters, we are as Jesus is in this world. So we are all as rich as we can be, which is what the Bible tells us. God who has given us Christ, the riches of heavens have already been given to us. And so we can rest secure in that. All the voices in your head that make us feel like you fall short, you are as Jesus is. You know, so if you just measure up a little more, yeah, it can make your life a little more convenient and comfortable. But it doesn't change the fundamental fact of who you are and your worth. Amen? That can really address a lot of anxiety. So all the judgmental comments that really get to you, that can roll off your back. If you really believe this, if the gospel, if you really believe the gospel, and it clicks in your head, and it sits in your heart, it can have that shield effect. All those voices that make you anxious, it can just roll off your back. And that's why it's, it, it's, it's a great thing to go for. That's why it's worth growing in faith. So that you can live life free. You know, I really, be, I really believe with all my heart that the only way we can truly enjoy our life is through agape. Through really believing in agape. Because, you know, if, if, if there's a voice in my head that says, I have to be better looking, I have to look like Ryan Reynolds or something. <laughs> you know, that's never going to happen. You know, that ship has sailed for me. I was never that good looking, and I will, you know, it's even worse now because I'm old, right? <laughs> it's too late. You know what I mean. There's this pressure. Everybody feels this pressure to be a little better. Better looking, better job, better house, no matter where you are. There was a research done, the survey done with people about, the question was, when do you think you will be financially secure enough that you won't have to worry about money? And basically the answer is everybody thinks when they have 20% more. And it doesn't matter if you're making $10,000 a year or $10 million a year. Because they, they even like interviewed people that have like $100 million. Very, very wide spectrum. Basically, the answer is everybody says they, are, they need 20% more to be secure. No matter where they are at. Isn't that funny? <laughs> they don't say, oh, I need 20 times more. 
everybody's climbing a ladder. And you're looking at the step right above you. If only I have that. And then, but then the thing is, once you get there, well, there's another step up ahead, right? So it's never ending. Agape can free you from that. Free you from all these unhealthy attachments. So this is why this Lenten season, we want to focus on receiving and experiencing agape-based anxiety relief. Agape-based anxiety relief. That can kind of sound like a commercial for Advil or something, <laughs> right? So even with that, I'm hoping that you would remember this. Agape-based anxiety relief. The chief ingredient is agape. And you get that, you can have some relief. That sounds good. So for example, what can we do? One of the things I'd like us to focus on this season is to grow in self-awareness. This Lenten season, ask some self-reflective questions. For example, ask yourself, how do you evaluate yourself? When do, I, when do you feel good about yourself and when do you feel bad? And I can kind of tell you what is the measure I'm using to evaluate myself, right? I often feel bad after preaching. You know, many of you think, you know, my sermons are great, and you tell me that, and that's great. Tell me more, <laughs> because that lessens my anxiety. So every time I preach, uh, afterwards, I, I, I like, oh, I could have said that better. Oh, I should have said this, right? I missed that. And, and it just makes you feel bad. So that tells me I evaluate my, by myself through performance. Like I have perfectionist tendencies. Like I can never be good enough. And I can talk about that more. I think it comes from my parents and how I grew up. But that can kind of tell you, how do you, when do you feel high and when do you feel low? There's, a, there's something going on there. Be more aware because if you do that with yourself, that's how you're going to evaluate other people too. You can't help yourself. It's just going to flow. How you treat yourself flows out to how you treat others. A lot of people say things like, oh, you know, I might be a little critical, but I'm a lot more hard on myself than others. And that's the justification for people being critical or judgmental. It is not. We have no right to be so hard on ourselves. It's agape your neighbor as yourself. You have to agape yourself. God has declared you worth the life of Christ. You have no right to sit in the judgment of God. Judgment seat is reserved for God. You cannot sit in that place, in place of God, and judge yourself. You have to leave it to God. Amen? Leave it to God. See how God sees you. Try to see how God sees you. Don't be so hard on yourself. Because, yeah, being hard on yourself can improve your performance, but it can also create all that stress hormones that kills you. So, you know, think about that, right? How we perform 
the motivation is important. It has to come from the right place. So what makes you good? What makes you bad? What is the hierarchy in your head? You know, everybody has a ladder in their head about who's on top, who's on bottom. Where do you fit in that ladder in different categories and different measuring stick that you use? How far up the ladder are you in these things? Everyone has one. Think about it. Think about that. Who's at the bottom and who's at the top? What kind of people are at the top? Where are you trying to go? And how is that creating anxiety for you? Pressure for you. You know, <clears throat> doing better in this world does give you comforts. So, you know, do better. Yeah. You know, exercise so you feel better and be healthy. You know, try to be successful. You know, so that you can have a little more money, so you can have a little better food, perhaps. If you have time to cook, <laughs> you know. You might be too busy to actually have good food because you're just so focused on success. You know, Warren Buffett eats at McDonald's for breakfast every single day, still. Warren Buffett is one of the richest people in the world, but he's still eating McDonald's. So it's not necessary that just having more money, you get better food, right? But anyway, that's digression. Um, so all I'm saying is the problem comes from when you are on high in the ladder of success or whatever, your mind translates that into I'm more worthy. I'm better. I deserve to live better. I'm better than others. This happens to everyone. And I'm saying the gospel has thrown that, it's blown that all up. Everyone is same. We're all worth the life of Christ. So to the extent we can blow up these ladders is the extent you can have relief from anxiety. Now all this is not easy because we're addicted to this. This is how we live. And so we're going to require some spiritual discipline and help from God to be free from all this. So we'll have some things planned. For example, on March 10th, we are going to offer agape prayer time. Pastors will be there. After the service on March 10th, for those of you who are interested, we'll just stick around and we'll just ask for prayer from God. Because the Bible says, Holy Spirit pours agape into our hearts. So the Spirit of God has a role in helping us in this. And so we're going to try to experience that spiritual power from God together. And we'll also have daily devotionals. So we can just be a little more reflective, a little more meditative. Um, it'll be on River NYC app, as well as uh, our blog, as well as your email box. So if you haven't given us your email address, use your connection card and just put it in the uh, offering basket, uh, offering box in the back on your way out. And you know that's one way you can get daily access to this. We'll just blast it every day, Monday through Friday. We are going to use our sister church's material on this, Reservoir in Boston. They created this beautiful daily devotional called Water. Did you like that poem that we read about water? That's the theme. That's where it comes from, that daily devotional from our sister church. They are very happy we are using it 
they like it when more people use their material. So we're grateful to them. Uh, we think it'll help us with our anxiety, calm us um, with all this stuff. Also, we have prayer beads. We'll have two stations, one up here, one in the basement. Uh, you know, this is a fan favorite, right? Every Lenten season, we're going to pray for these things and get a reminder of what we are praying for, what we are trying to achieve this season. So the um, gold bead represents agape. So every time you touch that bead, just think of God's love for you and how God sees you and how it's unconditional. And just keep reminding yourself of your worth. That's the gold bead. Um, blue bead is agape-based anxiety relief. So whatever you're worried about, whatever feel makes you anxious, just use that bead to bring it before God and ask God to help you with it. Ask God to move away from it from inside out, not just to solve your problem, not just to make, get you more money, not just to go to God to just say, you know, help me with this problem, but to change your heart from inside out so that you are, you're just less anxious person to begin with. That's what we are going for. With a blue bee, just remind yourself that's what you're going for. And then beige one is something you do want. You know, it's good to go to God for things you want. So if you have a problem, ask God. Because that can unleash creativity. That can unleash things that are beyond your power. Human beings are made in the image of God. That means we have creative powers. And when we go to God, when we reflect on this, when we pray, miraculous things can happen. Because creative power can be unleashed. And stuff can happen in ways that you couldn't imagine. And so pray. You see what happens. It'll be fun to see. And then the letters. Uh, oh, and then the prayer for the world. There's a lot of anxious things happening in this world. Climate change, wars, you know. Pray for those things. And, you know, many of us are anxious because of these world events. And ask God to break into these events. And then the five letters that represent letters, up to five, you can be less, or more if you really want. But, you know, you may have people you care about that are dealing with stuff and that you're worried about them. Pick some people, your mom, your friends, and those letters can represent, you know, like the first letter of the name or something, and pray for them. And this prayer be during this season can anchor you and guide you of what we are going for this season. Does that sound good? Let's experience some anxiety relief this season. Let's ask God to touch us and change us from inside out. Let me pray for us. God, thank you that you are not the judge sitting up there judging us, measuring us, putting us in categories and putting us in ladders and trying to see, God, where we fit and how much to reward and how much to punish, that that's not 
your heart. That your heart is shown on the cross. That your heart, this is the final word that defines your heart towards us. That before we did anything, before we were even born, your heart towards us was love and is love. And you have declared us worth the life of God incarnate. Help us to receive this deep into our hearts and know that we are accepted and loved and embraced as we are so that we can enjoy this day as the day that you have made as it is and that we can enjoy ourselves as we are as you have made. Free us to that place of spiritual freedom that we can be who we are in our own eyes because that's how you see us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.